0: Welcome back to the fourth ever episode of Heat Check Sports. Today we are breaking down the Brooklyn Nets, and I do have a special guest on today, um, David Cream Doan. How are you, David?
1: Great, great. Great to be on this podcast. Heard some great things about it. Uh, very excited to break down the analytics with you.
0: Love it. Love, love to hear it. All right, so let's just get right into it. Brooklyn Nets, you know? Um, really stepbrother of the New York basketball teams, if we're really going to talk about it like that. Um... Breaking in before these seasons, I mean, they went all in years ago on these terrible trades for Kevin Garnett late in his year and Paul Pierce, and that really hurt their team. That messed up their draft picks, messed up what they could be, and maybe they're starting to pick it up now, but
1: who, who knows? Totally agree with that. Uh, I'd even take it a step forward in the early 2000s, they had uh, players like uh, Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, Jason Kidd. Great team, very exciting in the early 2000s for those uh, that generation. But even after that, you know, they traded away some great draft picks that turned into Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and many others for the Boston Celtics. But, yeah, now we're sitting currently, I would say, a pretty decent team now. Could be
0: why the Celtics are where they are and why the Nets are where they are. Interesting how that works. All right, so the record before the NBA shut down, 30-34, seventh and in the Eastern Conference. Um, coached by Kenny Atkinson and then Jacob Vaughn, and then executive Sean Marks. Points per game, hundred and ten, um, and opponents' points per game, one eleven. Average, you would, based on those stats, you would think that they are fifty for they're a fifty fifty team, five hundred team, and you know what they are, thirty and thirty four. It's a pretty darn close to five hundred record for this year.
1: You know, Matt, I would say that this uh, record does not explain their team. Uh, Currently, in the beginning of the season, Kyrie had started a few games, you know, it was getting hot, and they were winning games. But even after that, uh, when Kyrie was injured, remember with his shoulder injury, uh, Karis LeVert stepped up and played a big role in that team. Out of Michigan, love to see it. Yeah, great player out of Michigan, good college career. uh, I would say a pretty decent uh, NBA career. But Karis LeVert stepped up big. When they were running the two guards at Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, I think they were having great success. And Karris LeVert is a great guy, loves to share the ball. I would say a great playmaker. Spencer Dinwiddie is, I would say, above-average shooter.
0: Spencer Dinwiddie, yes, of course. Yeah,
1: <laughs> of course. Great nickname for him.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's bring down into the roster here. We got, as of course we said, Spencer Dinwiddie. We have Teron Prince. We have Jared Allen, Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Chris LeVert, um, Timothy Louet Ch- Cabarro, Ch- Rob... Bleh don't care about him. Rod-
1: Rodian Roddy and that
0: Roddy and Kuroots. Um Wilson Chandler. Ooh, ageless, ageless wonder in the NBA by now. Kyrie Irving, Nicholas Claxton, um Kevin Durant, Tyler Johnson. Really, really overall team. I mean you got two studs right there, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Everyone thought that they were both gonna sign their matches with the Net with the near Nets of the offseason. And the Nets got them. They swung it around. Now, let's break into this stats per game here. I mean, before Kyrie went down, he only got, what was it, 20 games this year? He only played about 20 games this year, So you, and he was averaging about 27. So he was being about the all-star that you would that you would really expect
1: from him. Yeah, I would say this is a, those are two great lands by the Brooklyn Nets set them up for the future. Unfortunately, both their guys are injured and are currently wanting to sit out the restart of the season from either political reasons or injury. I think that's a great idea either way. It's coming from them. They're a great team, but it's really the smaller guys that I find huge for them. They have a great guard set, including Spencer Dinwiddie, who at this point is averaging 20 points per game and 7 assists, which is a great point guard. 20 and 7, you could get. You know, that's a lucky to land. And if
0: younger, younger than Kyrie Irving.
1: Correct, correct. I would also say they have another good, as I said before, Karis Avert. Karis Avert, I'd say, you know, he really came out to me when he was playing backup to uh, D'Angelo Russell. When Brooklyn was big with D'Angelo Russell, but unfortunately he went away to the Warriors. Karis Avert and Spencer Dinwiddie were really trying to uh, fill that gap for him. And Karis Avert, this se- season is averaging 17.7 points,
0: which, again, for a 25-year-old who doesn't get a lot of minutes... Who Well, 29, that is about average. But I take that back. But that is still very, very good for him. He's 25, averaging 19. And if you're, if you're averaging 17, close to almost 20,
1: you're going to get around 20. You're, you're, you're going to be good. But, see, this is the problem I find from this team. Um, you know, nobody on this team other than DeAndre Jordan is averaging over, you know, one steal or one block.
0: That is true. The defense is there. I mean, Jared, I mean, you could argue that Jared Allen would be your only defensive and DeAndre Jordan. But as you said before, Jared Allen has even had his issues and why he can't stay consistent on the court. And that is why why their defense hasn't really figured it out yet.
1: But I really feel that they signed DeAndre Jordan more as a, like, I would say a role model. Uh, for Jared Allen to grow into a certain player like that. in his career, of course. Yeah, Jared Allen is shooting at a near 65%. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. As known, DeAndre Jordan was always the highest field goal percentage in the league. Currently, he's sitting at 66%, and that's great because DeAndre Jordan can teach, you know, selective shots, you know, smart IQ plays, when to shoot as a center. You know, this team's really built around small play. Uh, DeAndre Jordan and Jarrett are there to plug the middle and for offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. But currently, you know, they're both they're doing okay with offensive rebounds. Defensive rebounds, you know, combined Jared uh Jared Allen is only averaging nine and a half rebounds. To me, I don't find that enough. He's a seven foot center, you know, seven three with the afro. But, you know, I find it a little bit, you know embarrassing to be only averaging 10 rebounds as a 7-footer.
0: Yeah, I do. I'll have to agree with you there. I mean, size does play a role in the NBA, and a point out, if you're 7-foot, you should be doing things that other 7-footers can. It's the same argument with Giannis. Sometimes and like he isn't he is an M V P candidate, he's M V P players. But there's just some points in his game be like, dude, you're literally eleven foot seven, like could you do something there? Like and it just comes down to hustle and effort and I don't know. And we're, and let's talk about Joe Harris. We cannot forget about Joe Harris. <laughs> oh. Won, won the NBA three won the NBA three point contest, then really hasn't done anything else from that. I mean, only averaging thirteen points a game, really based off a catch and shoot kind of a guy, I mean, I guess it could just be because he gets overlooked on the offense now, now that if Ky- if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's there,
1: he's really not gonna get he's not gonna get his looks. I mean see, he's not gonna get the ball. Now see Matt, I would argue with that. Even though at playing around thirty minutes per game, he is only averaging around fourteen points. I still see him as a, how would you say, Clay Thompson light. I would see him pretty good because he does shoot a good three ball, you know, shooting above 40%, which is incredible. It's just not getting of, enough touches. Just, and that's what has to be. I wouldn't say enough touches, but he does, He's has something very different from Clay Thompson. Uh, as Clay Thompson's strictly, you know, a corner specialist, uh, catch and shooter, Joe Harris has his playmaking badges. Uh, Joe Harris can really move the ball around and can really create his own shot, as I see it. Um, The field goal percentage, though, you know, when he gets into the paint, he is a little bit of a smaller guard. So, you know, unable to get, you know, layups around, especially playing bigger teams like the East is stacked with larger centers. But really, from the outside arc, he's playing, I would say, an incredible clip.
0: If he's trying to be like... Clay, if you're trying to be like Clay Thompson and you're, and you're trying to model him around there, then it could be just touches. It could be he's not getting the ball enough or it could be the fact that Clay Thompson has I, mean, I would argue, Clay Thompson has better surrounding players. I mean, granted, when he was in his prime, they were still all-star teams and he was playing well. But like you said, Clay Thompson could still dribble and Clay Thompson is an absolute shooter and he's got the ball. And it's Joe, And it really is, I don't think, Joe Harris shooting the ball enough because if he's shooting at a... Because you look at his percentages, like you said, he's shooting, the, he's shooting the three ball at over a 4% clip. The issue is he can't, the issue is not he can't hit it. The issue is the ball is not getting him enough in those opportunities, or he's just not taking the,
1: the shots that he could really perform well in. Uh, yeah, I would definitely totally agree with that. But there's also something I uh, forgot to mention earlier. Even though he is shooting only at a 47% field goal percentage, his efficiency field goal percentage is well over 55%. I would claim that's great because that shows um, his intelligence and IQ of when to shoot the ball. So he really understands his role, and I feel like he's a very uh, team-oriented player. He's there for the ride. He wants to win. He wants to see his team do well. He understands that you know, they have big players that want to take their shots, have to create their shots. He stays that little open and creates he's his a, own space. He's
0: definitely going to have to be their sixth man. I would have to assume he's going to be a a very good player off the bench, or they're going to have to re- rely on when when Kevin Durant comes back right. and all these players get off of of the injuries. He's going to have to move to the bench, and I don't think he's going to really care about that. I think he's gonna, like you said before. I don't I don't see him to have a big ego. I think he's not really going to have an argument. No. Like no, with with the NBA opening back up again, I mean they're going to be back in it. They were invited back into this new format that they're doing, and it's kind of sad that you're four games under five hundred and you're still seventh in the Eastern Conference. You're going to be able to get into the playoffs. That is, again, testament to a weak Eastern Conference. That's a whole other topic, and really, this season. It's not going to be what the Nets should look for. I mean, the, the Nets are upside. You, you haven't had Kevin Durant play. You haven't had Kyrie Irving play. The Nets are really focused on next year. This year, they'll, they'll, they'll get in, and if the season goes on, hopefully, if there's no more uptick in COVID, there will, they'll be bouncing the first round. They won't go much where, I mean, there's they're a good team, but without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, there's no stars that, that take you somewhere in the playoffs and win you games in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, you're, you're, you are, you are playing good teams in a row for a seven game for a seven game series, and you're not just playing bad teams. So like you're, so like in the regular season, your record gets inflated. Oh wow, I'm good. You have to play good teams for seven game series, and they're just not
1: going to have it. See, I totally believe in that too, Matt. But I really feel that they're just pushing, and they're really all finding themselves. And finding their niche right now, so they can show and demonstrate to Kyrie and Kevin that these guys can hit their shots. They can create without having to play off ball. I really feel this demonstrates, um, you know, like I was saying earlier, the higher IQ to those players. You know, they're trying to earn the respect. Kyrie, you know, is honestly someone. It's really hard to be on a team with. He's very self-oriented, a little bit of a selfish player. Really likes to create his own shot. Don't get me wrong. Very special player at that. Kevin, uh, more lower temperament, he does like to play with another star. He's very easily pl- coming from, you know, teams like Golden State and Oklahoma. He's used to playing around other stars. He's used to...
0: Arguably, the- he wanted to move. I mean, you know, you can call him a snake or whatever, but arguably he just wanted to move so he can be around more stars. Right. And that's why I think he did want to go to um Golden State because he saw the opportunity to uh, play with stars like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, call him a snake or whatever, but he likes to play with other right. stars. So he's a more fitting of a team guy. I mean, you can call what you will, but he's the more fitting of a team guy. Now, we're talking about Kevin Durant here, all that terrible, terrible injury, a torn, was it calf. torn, torn calf. calf or Achilles, Achilles something like yeah. that. It's a really scarring injury, and will he be the player that he is that we're used to seeing Kevin Durant play, or will he have so much of a drop-off? That's what I'm really trying to concern here.
1: Now, see, Matt, I uh, personally, I believe that he won't have that much of a drop-off, even coming off injury. He's a player that... Is very well at creating his own shot. Incredible shot maker. With a long wingspan and, you know, claims that he's at 6'9", but we all know he's close to a 7-footer. Great rebounder and, you know, has an uh, underrated passing ability. People don't understand that Kevin Durant is actually a great playmaker. Just, you know, usually is more of a guy that's dependent on getting his shots. Kevin Durant has a long wingspan, um, so when he jumps, the other guy has another 3 inches to reach to even block his shot. Uh, to interrupt it, I understand, but it's hard to really block Kevin Durant's shot being how tall and lengthy he is. No. Nope. Uh, similar to a friend I have, uh, especially in pickup ball, very hard to block his shot because he's very long.
0: Lengthy, lengthy arms. Now, when we're, let's talk about Kyrie Now, he started with the Cavs, he won that ring with the Cavs and LeBron back in 2016. You we know. all. We all know that finals around a little bit too well, but other than that, he's been around other stars, and yet he still hasn't—he still hasn't found it. He still hasn't found what he could do, or he still hasn't found the right chemistry. Like I don't know how he could play with LeBron, and they said I want out of Cleveland, and they got out, and he did nothing. Now he wants out of Boston, and he's now with the Nets. Can he play with other superstars? That's a really—that's a really big question.
1: You know, Matt. Personally, I believe after that Cavs run and that finals win, he became a little bit big-headed. Mm-hmm. Agreed, uh, agreed. I think he was really humbled by the presence of LeBron James on his team. And I personally find it really lucky that really adds to his legacy because, you know, LeBron even depended on him. Mm-hmm. And I feel that made him feel special. Cause what there, he does Because there was, like,
0: games in the playoffs where, like, James had 42 and so did and so did Kyrie I mean they' were both in right. they were, both had 42 in that game I mean they were co-stars and you never right. saw that and you always saw, oh my god Kyrie like such a nice humble guy and then after the whole issue
1: no one's ever seen him like that but still every year he is a all-star you can't get that wrong I mean he gets what he gets
0: mm-hmm. I mean even shooting 50%
1: from the field and averaging 27 points this year in only 20 games I mean you throw the hype around Zion in 20 games. Kyrie's doing incredible numbers. I think personally that, you know, this offseason's really uh, broken him down and really humbled him. Uh, he's a more down-to-earth guy. I see him. I, never flashy. You know, maybe a little bit of a uh, argumentative person with his teammates, but totally believe that he can get it done with his team, and I really feel that he was gaining trust in Spencer and Karras at that guard position. We hope so. We hope so.
0: Now let's, let's bring it into the salaries. Kevin Durant making thirty-eight million, Kyrie Irving thirty-one, Spencer Dinwiddie ten, Jonathan Jordan nine, which is a very good contract for him actually. Thirty-one, older than his age, nine is not really that much. Um we got Joe Harris at seven, Garrett Temple four, Karis Levert. Really no big issues with contracts. I can't see a contract here where it's just an issue to have on your team. Um, now you want to talk about cap space. Um, again, they are under the cap as well by $17 million, so they will have to pay the tax. So uh, free agents won't really be in their future. I would have to I would have to see them not doing any free agents because who else would you want to bring to this team to make it better? Maybe you can't even say a center. I don't even know. A small forward, Yeah, which is what Kevin Durant is. I mean... Personally,
1: uh, Matt. Don't mean to interrupt there. No, of Personally, believe that they should bring in a stretch four. I really feel a stretch four in this place, in this cause, would be a great spot for someone. Someone like a Serge Ibaka. I personally see if Pascal ever would want to leave um, Toronto. I feel he would be a great fit here. This team wants to win. I
0: don't think Toronto's gonna let Pascal go. I mean, no, you never see him. He's, he's yeah. young. I mean. That, that I mean, that's the guy you want to build around in Toronto. I mean, Kyle Lowry's old, so Pascal's all they have to the build around. Right?
1: right, right. Well, this is something I also wanted to bring up. In cap space, as you see, Kevin Durant, Kyrie hold large percentage of the cap with their larger contracts. But Spencer's, you know, really in a medium role, only holding around an 8% cap. But if I really wanted to get into this, real role players like – You know, personally, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, Jarrett Allen, and uh, Rodson Kuruks, who was in the Rising Stars game this year, who I find to be an up and rising talent. These guys only hold a combined around 15% of the cap. Now, I named you five players that really contribute to this team. I personally feel that these guys want to win. These guys are not, you know... Money oriented,
0: of course not. No, These I think they're just trying to have fun in the NBA and trying to get it, and trying to grab right. a title. Right, I
1: I do. These guys want to play. These guys are glad they got to this position where they are.
0: Of course, of course they are. <laughs> and you look at it. I mean, I call them at the beginning the stepbrothers of New York because I don't know why the Knicks haven't figured it out yet. But I mean, if their stepbrother has, then why hasn't the, the Knicks figured it out? I mean, the Nets it took them a little bit after those terrible trades, but they're in a good spot now. So knowing. You really can't have issues with these with these, with these these Nets players.
1: Yeah, Matt, I want to piggyback on that real quick. This is the time for the Brooklyn Nets to really surpass the Knicks of the King of New York. They really have a chance here. With the Knicks, you know, not doing well, which we'll bring up in other podcasts, um, with the Knicks not doing as well, this is really the time for the Brooklyn Nets to really shine. This is their time to show I'm the big brother in New York. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I'm in a big market mm-hmm. myself.
0: It doesn't matter that you're the Nets and you play at and you play at MSG like they're still, and we play in a hockey arena like it, it means hey, nothing. Hey,
1: the Barclays Center is bumping, man. That's all I got. Barclays to say. Center
0: is absolutely incredible. It is
1: beautiful to see.
0: Now, free agents, like I said before, you're really not gonna be signing anyone. I mean. Again, there is really no free agent that will jump off the board here. I mean, maybe Paul Millsap, but like he's thirty-five years old. He could be that stretch four that you're trying to find. He is a shooting power forward, but yet this year he was making thirty million dollars, and obviously, that's a lot. That is a lot to have a thirty million dollar contract for a thirty-five year old. So I don't know. He'd have to come in. He had to come in on a very very team contract. I mean, if we don't have this, then really no issue there. I mean, you bring in the more. Um, DeMar DeRozan, I see him going back to Toronto, actually. There's no way that he doesn't find his way back to Toronto by the end of the year, so I don't see him going anywhere else. Um, Andre Drummond, he just actually put up his player option to stay with the Cleveland Cavaliers the other day, so there really is no issue there. Um, centers, Hassan Whiteside, I mean, 31, you can't play him as a power forward, so there's no reason to bring him in. So I don't see a... Free agent that would ha- that would shoot them in this case.
1: You know, man, I you know I, I would agree with you on most cases, but I'm gonna have to agree to disagree. Nicholas Batum, who is a great veteran talent who I've always liked on the Charlotte Hornets, is a great stretch. He's very he's a very uh, proficient three shooter. Uh, he can either be switched around the two or the three, but I would like him there because you know if you're playing small ball, you could really put him at the four. Those kind of guys there are great three shooters. And, you know, another guy who's, you know, really improved his three-point shot in range, Serge Ibaka, man. Bringing in those type of veteran talents, they know how to win games. Serge winning a title last year and contributing very well had a great impact on Pascal. I personally feel, you know, both, you know, having a similar game. I really feel they could he could come in and uh, really uh, circle the wagons in to bring this team, you know, deep into the playoffs.
0: I could not argue with you more. Mm. I really think that is exactly what it is. Now let's talk about predictions for next year. I was either 7th in the East now. Where do you see him being at the, end, at the end of next year? Arguably Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant come back healthy.
1: Matt, I, you know, I'm going to really have to go outrageous here. I see them going to the conference finals. Conference or the, finals? Or, you know going to stretch the finals. These guys are really good, and if they can keep this team together, these guys have really, these backup guys have really circled together while their big stars have been injured. These guys know how to win. They've been playing together for a while now. They want this.
0: I would have to, I, there's no argument there. I mean, you look at the East, and the whole point is, the whole argument is not, oh, can we get to the playoffs? Can we, can we be in the playoffs? The whole argument is, can we get to the finals? I mean, like I said, Toronto last year got there. And won it. You want to look at other teams like Milwaukee. Will they ever get there? That's a whole other discussion. You're going to have to play through Giannis. But if you can stop Giannis, then there is much. There is not much more to the Bucks team than Giannis. But is Giannis enough to get you through? So you have to argue, are you going to be able to get through the conference finals go to, the, to go to the finals? Hey, man.
1: You know, I, I brought up for earlier. Jared Allen doesn't have many blocks. But when he blocks him, when he blocks him, I know countless guys that have tried to dunk down him. Kawhi Leonard, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo and one of my personal favorites LeBron James. Jarrett Allen is the star stopper. He has great defense and he really knows how to go get it. He is not afraid to jump.
0: I, I you are you are not wrong there. I really feel like this team could be Eastern Conference and if they get a good push maybe even the finals. Well, that'll be all for today. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. David, thank you very much for uh, stepping into this podcast today. Uh, Before I break it off, though, um, just to stay in touch with us, and if you'd like to have any comments or have any questions about what you'd like to see in the next upcoming podcast, um, on Instagram, go ahead and follow Heat underscore Check Sports. That'll keep you in with links to my podcast and um, other news about the NBA. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time uh, breaking down the Chicago Bulls. Thank you very much.